Welcome into the Vandy Sports post-game reaction, uh, immediate reaction. I think it's been about 10 to 15 minutes since uh, Vanderbilt and UNLV went final. UNLV beats Vanderbilt in Las Vegas. Final score, 40-37 to 37 after a, uh, a field goal. What was it, Joey? I mean, was it 30? Was it shorter than 30? I don't even – everything's kind of a blur right now. I don't even know how long that field goal was from <laughs> from UNLV. But, uh, but UNLV wins it. It was a 36-yard field goal. Uh, so the Rebels, the running Rebels – End it with a victory on their home turf. They improved to two and one on the season. Vanderbilt goes to two and two. And I want to get our sponsors uh, some love here right out of the gate. Murfreesboro Pure Milk Company. I think some Vandy fans could use some ice cream right now. Maybe some uh, <laughs> maybe some heavier stuff than just ice cream. But uh, get some moose tracks, whether it's tonight or tomorrow. And uh, Murfreesboro Pure Milk carries uh, that product. So. Uh, get uh, get you some of that. Sutherland and Belk, Injury Law, the longest-running sponsor of Andy Sports, uh, best in the business as well. The Wash House, a full-service laundromat in the Nashville area. You need your laundry cleaned, go to the Wash House uh, in, in the Nashville area. And then, uh, of course, Sutherland and Belk, and then Mater Nexon Government Contracts Group. So, again, thank you to all of our sponsors for uh, sticking with us here. Uh, obviously, through this football season, uh, we, we've got some comments, we've got some questions, so feel free to uh, to vent. Uh, you know, we won't get to some some unreasonable comments, but you know, we will try to answer some of your questions. I know, you know, there there will be uh, there will be some some negative reactions to this, obviously. Uh, after I think Joey the uh, the worst loss easily in the Clarkley era. You know, we, we saw some losses in year one, but you know, it was year one. We saw obviously last year uh, some tough losses to Missouri, you know, but those are SEC teams. This one is against a Mountain West opponent, um, you know, and, and not a Mountain West opponent that is that is moving to the Big Twelve, right? Or you know, so a rebuilding Mountain West opponent uh, that that Vanderbilt just just suffered a loss to. Uh, so Joey, I'll, I'll let you get your uh, your initial thoughts out of the way. Uh, before we get to some of these comments and questions, Joey, your uh, your reaction? Yeah, this is one of, if not the worst, loss of the Clarkley era. It essentially disqualifies this team from bowl eligibility. You got to win four SEC games now. We have seen nothing from this team that would indicate to us that they can win four SEC games. This is a team that Vanderbilt looked bigger, faster, stronger than for the first. 15 minutes of this game. And then we saw why Vanderbilt is two and two and why Vanderbilt has these problems. Vanderbilt doesn't know how to win. And we've thought that they can learn how to do that. Maybe they can, but it'll probably be too late. When Vanderbilt makes a mistake, everything mounts on it. Mistakes follow that mistake. And the little things that Vanderbilt has harped on doing well, it does poorly over and over and over again. And those turn into huge things. And that's the problem with this team. The talent is there. We saw it for 15 minutes. This team, way better on paper than UNLV is. It should not be losing a game like this, especially with all the opportunities it had late. With the resilience it showed late, Vanderbilt still finds a way to lose this game. And it feels like rock bottom, Billy. Uh, we've, we've seen the Clarkley era have some pretty low bottoms, but this was supposed to be the year that it turned. This was supposed to be the year that Vanderbilt was back in the bowl conversation the year that it goes and gets a few SEC wins, but it feels like the same old thing over and over again. And that's been the course of the season. We talked about the same problems over and over again. Vanderbilt hasn't been able to fix them. The O-line is still an issue. The corners are still an issue. Whether you want to play Martel Height, whether you want to play Trudeau Berry, the corners are still an issue. The pass rush is an issue when you're not blitzing. Vanderbilt's not aggressive enough on defense. They turn it over too much on offense. Everything we've talked about since Hawaii is still an issue, Billy. And I hate to say it, but it's still an issue. So yeah, this is rock bottom, and it feels like Vanderbilt has an uphill climb from here. Could rock bottom get lower? Let's hope not for Vanderbilt's sake. Let's hope not for the people in the chat's sake. Uh, but at this point, do we know that Vanderbilt's going to win another game on a schedule? I have no idea, Billy. If it can turn kind of the way that it did last year and play its best football towards the end of the season, sure, maybe they can get a few more wins, but its larger goal of making a bowl game 
feels largely unattainable right now. And that's, that's just me being honest. Uh, I think this group has the capability to do it. They haven't shown us signs that they can do it though. And it's as simple as that. This goals group or this group's goal is not to pull off an SEC upset or two. This group's goal is to go and make a bowl game and prove that they belong in the SEC. And that didn't happen tonight. And it's certainly not going to help them moving forward. Yeah, Joe, you, you know, before this this game, and obviously there's so much to get to, we'll, we'll get to some of the stats, we'll get to some of the key plays, we'll get to your comments and questions. And again, I thank you you guys for, for checking us out. Um, I said leading up to this game that if if Vanderbilt is not able to to finally dominate an opponent, right? Finally take down a team handily like we think they should. Um, you know, because up until this point, Hawaii, okay, week zero, tough offense to defend. It's okay, you got the win. Alabama AM, right, ended up dominating them in the second half. Um, and then of course we saw what happened in, in Winston Salem heading into this UNLV matchup. I said, okay, you know, this is sort of, I don't want to say do or die, but this is a prove-it night for the team. And I said, if, if they can't find a way to dominate UNLV, there are, there are serious issues. I'm not saying there weren't already because there, there, yeah, there already were. But I say serious issues as in, okay, some changes will probably have to be made um, after tonight. Because, Joey, you know, it's gotten to a point where, you know, and I'm not even talking about the fans. I just think the product on the field um, is is unacceptable. Uh, it, it just is to to this coaching staff's standards, right? And I think they know that. I, I think the players know that. Um, and it's year three. It's not like it's year one still, right? So, you know, there's not that built-in excuse anymore, right, where you can kind of go back and say, okay, this is year one, right? You know, you're building off of a rock bottom, uh, you know, season that Coach Mason put you in. Uh, this is year three, right? I I think Vanderbilt fans expected a better product. They they deserved a better product. I think there were some fans that uh, you know that were excited for this season. Clark Lee said he was excited, right? Players were excited. The, the entire there was there was a little bit of excitement. Um, there was still some hesitancy, and now we're seeing why, right? We 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 kind of fully understand. So. Joey, this is just proof to me, and and you hit on it there. This is proof to me that um, this is going to be a long build. Um, you know, I, I I I'm not going to sit here and say they're they're going two and ten this year um, because I you know I, I I still think there's a capability for this team to get better and find a way to to get one maybe two other wins. Um, but last season, I mean, let's face it, they they beat a Kentucky team on the road. Um, you know, credit to Mike Wright, Ray Davis, and those guys for getting it done. And then they beat a Florida team that was really struggling at the time. I, I don't want to call those fluky wins, but Clark Lee even said it himself. You know, we 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 probably we we, want, we got five wins, right? We probably outperformed, right? And, and it's obvious. I mean, most people believe Vanderbilt overperformed last year, right? No one expected them to get five wins. So now all of a sudden, you've got the pressure of either matching that, right, or you know getting to six, right, instead of sitting there at, at, at five wins, right? So I, what I'm trying to get at here, Joey, is that the momentum ha- of this program that they built up last year has sort of halted, right? And and it has, it has taken a downturn, a pretty serious one, too. Um, and so, there, you know, I think we're even past a crossroads, right? I think you have, you know, you've taken that turn. We talked about the left and right turns. I know we didn't get our, our – uh, last minute thoughts up that, that we did, but we, what we talked about was this is a night where you'll see a, a, a left or a right turn made basically. Right. If you take a left turn, which would mean a loss, which is what happened is a dark, dark turn. Right. And that means there's still a ton of work to go. If you take a right turn, you get a win, right. And even maybe a dominant win, you know, you, you're still that, you know, you've got that upward trajectory. They just, it took that left dark turn. Joey, and uh, that, that's where they're at, and I think it's a uh, – it's not even really a wake-up call. I mean, you know, they – I don't know. Joey, it, it's hit a serious point in the tenure where Clark Lee is going to have to make some decisions. I don't know what those decisions are, um, but there's going to be – there's going to have to be some serious changes made, um, whether it's a mentality, whether it's 
uh, scheme. What I don't know what it is, but I know tonight probably institutes um, some changes. Yeah, I'm not pushing for anybody to be fired at this point or whatever, but it makes you question everything. A loss like this, albeit in week three in their fourth game, it makes you question everything. And I think that's fair to do at this point in the season. I think Clark Lee and his staff are going to have to reevaluate a lot of things. The players are going to have to reevaluate a lot of things. Here's the thing, Billy. Early in the season, we talked a lot about, oh, they're capable of more. They're going to do more. Uh, it's just early, and they haven't sorted some things out yet. Billy, we're four games in, and a lot of these things are still not sorted out. This might just be who this team is. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be able to overcome some of these deficiencies at some point that it has because that's how football and sports work. But we know that it has these deficiencies now. And at this point, I don't know how optimistic I can be that these things can be fixed, uh, at least this season, because we've seen such a big sample size of it. We're four games in, and I don't really know how you move forward thinking that these issues are going to get fixed in the secondary, in the defensive line, in terms of turnovers, the small things haven't been done well for four games. And is that who this team is? Perhaps it is. Yeah. And again, I'm trying to pop up some of these comments again. I'm, I, there are some I won't show. There's some, you know, that I think Vandy fans probably need some, uh, some entertainment right now in the, in the, uh, in the midst of uh, some sorrow. Um, I got Chris Smith here, of course, one of the, uh, one of the recruiting analysts in the Nashville area problems galore tonight from the coaching to the gameplay tipping point loss for this staff that may lead to its exit. Again, we're not going to get into any, um, any of, uh, of the potential changes. I know it's still early in the season. Travis says literally losers. When you play for a field goal after an interception in the opponent's territory, you get what you deserve. Um, yeah. I mean, playing for a field goal there. What, what did, what did you think about that, Joe? Because, Initially, I said to myself, this feels feels appropriate, right? I mean, you know, you get an interception and you feel like if you can hit this field goal and get it within, you know, at least a 35, 30 yarder, you know, go ahead and kick it, right? Um, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? I, I mean, if, if they hit the field goal, there's nobody complaining about, you know, <laughs> going for a field goal. Um, if they try for if, – if they throw a pass in the end zone – you know, trying to be aggressive, they throw an interception, you're going to have people saying we should have gone for a field goal. So I, I don't like really, I don't like those hindsight 2020 things. I don't know if you, if you disagree there. I don't know, um, you know, if you, what you thought about going for the field goal there. Um, I mean, it was the call, you know, it, they just missed it. Right. I mean, you know, you miss a 33 yarder, you know, you, you feel pretty confident sending your kicker up there. That's three for three so far. Right. Whether it's on the right or left hash, it's a 33 yarder. Right. So I don't I, I mean, I don't I think you can always look back and say, you know, oh, yeah, you should have been more aggressive there. Go for the touchdown. But like I said, if they try to go for a touchdown, accidentally throw an interception, you're probably saying, hey, go for the kick. Right. I mean, it, that's that's just kind of how that goes. Um, OK, yeah, we've got some questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here was my thinking on it. The last drive, A.J. Swan almost threw an interception in the end zone to London Humphreys in double coverage. How could I possibly trust him in that situation to go down the field and end the game? I don't know that you really can. I think where the miscalculation was, I think the announcers mentioned this as well, was running it to the right hatch because it's yeah. pretty obvious yep. that that field goal was going to be a little bit more difficult for him off the right hatch. So I think... Had you moved it in the middle or to the left hash? Because of the other one. Yeah. So, I think that's where the miscalculation came. Yeah. I don't know. I agree, that, I agree with that. I don't know that you trust the offense at that point to make a play here or there to end the game, though. I don't know if it had shown enough in terms of its decision-making and what it could do to prove that to you. And if you're Clark Lee, you probably want to trust your quarterback there. But I think the fact that their group didn't trust – the offense enough to make that play kind of tells you about the state of that offense. And maybe that's not Clark Lee thinking his offense is terrible, but obviously there's something there. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, again, I look back at that and I don't like to look at those, those hindsight 2020 things because, you know, you could, it could go either way. I like how you pointed out though, you know, they, 
whether they purposely ran it to the right hash, you know, we don't know. Um, Borchilla could have said, Hey, I want it on the right hash, even though I almost missed from the other kick. We, you know, there's a lot there. Um, but yeah, we, we've got, we still got a lot to get to Joe. I want to get to some more of our kind of final thoughts here. I know we got some key things we want to hit on and we got a lot of questions uh, and I've seen some pretty good questions, some good comments that, that we will get to. Uh, for me, Joey, Vanderbilt outgained UNLV for, for what that's worth, 427 to 403 um, passing. Yeah, I, statistically, you, you look at the stat sheet, a good day, but, you know, there were turnovers, there were fumbles, right? Um, you know, one interception from Swan, you, you saw three fumbles, I, I think it was, so four turnovers total uh, for Vanderbilt, uh, three fumbles lost. So kind of those initial stats there, I, I thought, you know, Will Shepard, I don't want to say was, you know, was non-existent, but he didn't have, you know, as good of a day as Vanderbilt needed him to have. No touchdowns, four catches, 84 yards. London Humphreys, three catches, 102 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's a heck of a performance from that freshman, you know, stepping up. He was a saving grace for them tonight. Uh, McGowan, I thought, played well. and Couldn't run the ball, Joey, really much at all. Uh, I think their final – Rushing total was 90. I mean, that's another that's another theme, Joey, that we saw early on in Hawaii, and that has not really changed. I mean, 90, kind of, I would say they average in that 90 range, right? Because I think we saw 45 against Hawaii. Wake Forest, it was around 85, 90. I, I think similar, similar number. They just have not been able to run the ball all season. And you saw at one point a couple of sophomores at the two guard, at the two tackle spots, and you saw a couple of snap, bad snaps from Hernandez. So, you know, off kilter, you know, lack of chemistry, lack of focus. There's just, there doesn't seem to be the proper amount of chemistry throughout this team. And I thought the defense, Joe, I know they gave up 40 points, but they, they, you know, they made some big plays, some big stops. Again, the offense put them in awful spots. Um, You know, I would probably grade the defense higher than the offense, you know, probably not by much, but I, I think, the defense hasn't been the more serious problem. I think this more serious problem has been offensively and the lack of cohesion, um, you know, lack of days of cool play, lack of focus, penalties. Uh, penalties weren't a huge problem. Uh, I thought UNLV had, had some penalty problems of their own. But the turnovers, Joey, and, and the sloppy play continues. Uh, you know, you're not going to beat – you're not going to beat really many teams at all. And it proved tonight you're not going to beat UNLV turning the ball over four times. You just you can't do that, and, and so that that's something else that hasn't changed. I like how you mentioned it. A lot of the things we talked about against Hawaii, right? Oh, this could be an issue moving forward, right? We'll see if this changes, right? Are these issues fixable? And I think we're slowly starting to get that answer that no, th- this team feels like they're sort of they are who they are right now, right? And I'm not saying they can't change that, but I think we're slowly getting an answer on the the fixable question. Yeah, the offensive line is really concerning for me. And the defensive line, too, because it felt like UNLV's offensive line was not good. And Vanderbilt, after blitzing and being aggressive early, really wasn't able to do a whole lot in terms of stopping the run, in terms of rushing the passer. Felt like their freshman quarterback had all day to operate and really didn't have that much pressure on him. Kudos to them for blitzing early. I don't know where that went later, though, because that was beautiful. I don't know what happened there. The offensive line, though, I think what's more concerning is that it's not quite their young guys who are making the mistakes. It's a lot of Hernandez missing the snaps. It's a lot of the inside guys not getting push in the run game. And obviously the blame goes everywhere. And even mental mistakes like Cedric Alexander not picking up the blitz off the corner that got A.J. Swan killed, I think was a huge thing as well. There's a lot of little things like that that just build up over the course of a game and cause you to lose a game like this. And I think we saw that tonight. Uh, Vanderbilt did some big things really well, and Humphreys was awesome. Nick Rinaldi had that awesome pick. Vanderbilt's defense got a lot of stops throughout the night um, in bend-don't-break situations, which I think is something to credit it with. Vanderbilt's offense kind of stormed back late in the game. But even with all those awesome things, the little things just built up and killed it. And I think that's kind of the theme of this season so far. It's the theme of um, this team. And, I don't know how you fix that. I think they're making a conscious effort to fix that. They've been making a conscious effort to fix that for a long time, but it hasn't quite worked. And 
you're going to have to win on the margins if you're Vanderbilt in the SEC. You're going to have to beat Kentucky by doing those small things well. And who's to say they can't do that next week? Maybe they come out and this was their wake-up call, even though it should have been a week earlier. But what do we have in terms of belief there? What, what have they done to make us believe they can do that, Billy? Not a whole lot. No, not a whole lot. And, and it's interesting. I want to give a shout-out to Arya Gerson here. She, I guess, Clark Lee's presser is, is either going on now still or has just ended. Uh, she said that it was not Clark's intention to call that final timeout. Um, and if you didn't remember, that was before they kicked um, or they attempted to kick the field goal to take the lead. The intention was to take the game to overtime. That that was the intention there. But a player, a Vanderbilt player, called a timeout and stopped the clock. And then Vanderbilt decided, okay, this clock is stopped now. You know, it's fourth down. You know, we're going to kick the field goal. I think no. I have that right. I think I have that right. Am I? Do you remember that correctly as well, Joey? It, it all blends together. But the the point is little things like the Vanderbilt guy calling the timeout. I mean, that's prime example. And shout out to Aria, by the way, for being the. I think she's the only one at the presser today because neither of us were traveled and the hustler didn't travel. So shout out to Aria for. I'm sure that was not a super fun presser after that game being alone. No, no, certainly not. And, uh, you know, it'll be an interesting week. It'll be a very interesting week on campus. And uh, especially with SEC play starting, mm, it, uh, it is going to be interesting. Joe, we got a lot of questions. And, again, I, I thank you, everybody, for hopping in here. And uh, whether, whether they checked us out for a few minutes and fired away an angry comment or, or gave us a question, uh, you know, we appreciate it. Uh, Brian was the first, first question, uh, what now? And uh, that's <laughs> it's actually a pretty good question. Uh, I, Great question. It's hard to an, it's hard to answer, um, and and it's hard to find a silver lining. I, I I think there was still a sliver of a silver lining available to <laughs> to take last week against Wake Forest, just because it was Wake, it was on the road, um, you know, good system. Year ten of Dave Clawson. Um, I don't really. I might have to wait till the morning to find a silver lining. Uh, you know, I, if anything, Joey, like you said last week, if they clean it up, and, and that's a big if, though, right? <laughs> right. I mean, if they have a game where they have zero turnovers, I think they can still beat an SEC team, but they haven't shown that, right? So that's a, I mean, that's a huge if, <laughs> yeah. right? So um, I don't know. What, what now, Joey? I guess if you want to cling to some hope, they have good young players. Although Martel Hike got burned in one-on-one kind of for the game. Leonard Humphreys has been a bright spot. And like you said, they don't have a whole lot of bad football players playing. They just don't know how to win yet. And I guess if you're trying to cling to some hope, as we've kind of said for the last four weeks, you hope that they can kind of get it together and figure out how to be a team that knows how to win. And Billy, if all else fails, basketball starts on, what, November 7th against Presbyterian? Tyler Presbyterian. Stack thinks they're going to be a tournament team from the sounds of it. So, yeah, that's my basketball fix for the, for the episode. There it is. There it is. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Naven, that was one of the most exciting football games I've ever seen. I, that might be a silver lining. That was a, that was a hell of a game. <laughs> I mean, that, that, was, uh, that turned into a really, really entertaining finish. In Vegas, so I know nobody wants to hear that, but that, that might be a silver lining. Um, yeah, this is very similar to Brian's question. Will Will Vandy win another game? Um, you know, my it's hard to say yes right now. Um, I don't see them going 2-10. I, I really don't. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they will win another game when that comes and, and who it's against, I don't know. But I think they'll get at least one more, Joey. Maybe you get to four, but I, to answer the question, I, I would I'd probably say yes. I, I just because I don't see them going to intent, but it's the SEC play now, so you know, buckle up. And you just saw what Florida did to Tennessee. Um, you know, teams are starting to look better, right? Missouri beat K State, Kentucky, I think, walloped Akron. Um, you know, I, it, it's a tough answer right now. I mean, deep down, I gotta say yes, but again, who knows. 
Yeah, I tend to think the same thing. It's kind of like, I don't know if they'll be favored in another game, but I think as a collective, it's going to be really hard for them to not win a game again. And that's kind of where I lean to is just like, it's really hard to not win an SEC game. And I think Vanderbilt has enough talent to where it'll probably sweep one out. Who that's against, though, I have no idea. They're not going to be Georgia, not going to be Tennessee, probably not going to beat Ole Miss. Actually, you know what? Tennessee did not look great either. Ole Miss, I don't think they'll beat. Mizzou is probably a little out of their league, but there's a couple teams within their punching weight maybe. And I guess if Vanderbilt puts together more of a clean game, it can find a way to win that game. Yeah, uh, and then not too tall. I thought I got you a little bit of, of a delay there. My bad. Um, he said, "Will they?" And it didn't mean to say, "Will we?" Uh, let's see here. Zadania says, "There's no defending this." Um, what do you think there, Joey? And uh, our our boss, Chris Lee, is uh, is actually wanting to hop in. So we will we will bring Chris in and just kind of resume answering a lot of these uh, these questions. And I guess we're calling this Chris the. Uh, <laughs> the uh the vanderbilt therapy session for for fans um and i appreciate you, you joining us chris we'll we'll get to you know a lot of these questions and i think you, you'll be a good help in answering a lot of these but your initial reaction um not not good guys i, I just don't think there's any sugarcoating this one um not not that i'm probably the guy to do that but I I I don't know. Look, football football teams are more resilient than the people who follow them. Um, I've learned that time and time again. Right. Um. The the, the bigger issue for me is just the how, because I I just get stonewalled at every turn. Okay. Um. I I, I thought the way they start, you, you had some hope. They're getting after the passer. They're making plays. They create a big turnover. You're like, hey, where's this been all year? It didn't like they give up 40 points. They they call a timeout that none of us were there, so I wasn't in the press conference. I just got off my SEC live stream, so I don't know what's been said or what's been learned uh, since everything happened. But how you call timeout, and the head coach apparently was asking well, who called we, timeout. We, yeah, we did learn about that. Clark said the intention was to wait and send the game to overtime. He, there was a player that called timeout. So yeah, Aria. Credit to Aria. She she had just tweeted that. So um, I thought it was interesting how the intention was to, to send the game to overtime. I mean, you you call a you call a play running right. You know, not not only take a shot at the end zone there. Maybe okay. Maybe maybe that's maybe that's the wrong thing to do because mm-hmm. do, do you. Do you trust AJ Swan to make consistently good throws all the time? Maybe, maybe the field goal is the right play. But then, did, did he audible out of a play and, and call a run that went to the right? I mean, to, to hash. What, what do what do teams do all the time? They they take a penalty to get a better angle. You want the ball in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in addition joey. to the off, in addition to the awful playing. You get stuff like that, and I'm just like, okay, you clean some stuff up like that. You win, you win the game, but you win the game by a field goal, maybe. And that's just not where you need to be going into the SEC, guys. I mean, look, I, I hate it for Clark Lee more than anybody. There's never been a coach that I have covered that I like more than Clark Lee. Like his coordinator, those guys have been fantastic to us. You guys know it. Um, oh yeah. So from from a personal standpoint, I I think, I, man, I hated to see him and those guys lose that game. I really did. Um, but but we get paid by rivals and not by by the school or by the coaching staff. And and I just saw so many things tonight. To me, this was their last chance to have a get right game. And you win this. I thought even if they win this close. You don't feel good about things. Even if they kicked a field goal and, and won it and got a stop, I still don't think I'd have felt great about things. You'd felt a little better. 
because it wasn't a loss, but um, it, it just seems like every coach that I've covered has one of those losses that it's just hard to get over. And, mm-hmm. and even some before me, you know, Watson Brown's SMU. And and this just, I mean, again, co- coaches and players are more resilient than than fans and, you know, all that. But I, I don't know how they put this back together. I really don't. I, I don't know how they do it right now. You either need better players and they can't do a thing like that or better schemes. They can't do anything like that by right now, but they're going to have to pick a strategy going forward. And I'll, I'll probably talk about this on Wednesday, but if you're not getting better players than other people, you're going to have to do something to, to catch other people off guard. I mean, you will have at least had a scheme tonight, right? Mm-hmm. I, I got sick of hearing about sidecars all night, but, but it, you know, and it, it kind of became a, you know, almost a drinking game, but hey, at, at least they had something. They had a recipe. Their mm-hmm. quarterback get quarterback gets knocked out. They got a freshman. They got something to go with. And that's I just something don't see that, that I don't see that from Vanderbilt right now. No, no, and that's something that I think a lot of people will forget about. They won that with their backup quarterback, a freshman, yes. right? So yeah, and Vanderbilt throw Vanderbilt puts Ken Seals in and okay, I mean, Billy. Let me st- let me stop you there. Last week. Wake, which didn't run the ball against Elon, didn't run the ball today, ran over you with your second and third third string tailback. Um, I I get building a program, I get everything, but come on, you're yeah, an SEC program in year three. That that cannot happen. There's some proving points, not not yeah. just tonight, right? I thought the weight game was it was kind of an, another proving point. Um, this is something we haven't gotten to, Joey, and Sebastian Bronner chimes in here. How is that the defensive play call at the end? You saw Martel Height get beat there. You know, and again, it's last week, you know, we talked about it's hard to blame the coaching. I don't know how Martel Height gets beat deep that late in the game it was 30 seconds left. Uh, I know he's a freshman, right? Uh, you could probably place the blame on a couple of different people there, but uh, I thought that's a good question. How is that the defensive play call where you allow one of your corners to get beat deep? Right. He's a freshman. You know the freshmen are going to take their lumps. You know maybe he's not ready for that moment, and you put him in that situation anyway. And I don't know that Vanderbilt has a whole lot of other options at that at this point with B.J. Anderson out, with Tyson Russell not playing great football. Do you have a better option than that? What I come back to, and I guess this is broader than that, does this team have an identity? I don't think so. Wake Forest has the no. offense. UNLV has the scheme that they run. The other teams they play have certain things they hang their hat on. I don't know that Vanderbilt has anything that they can hang their hat on. Yeah. They don't run it well. The passing game is inconsistent. The O-line play isn't super physical. The defensive line hasn't got much pressure. Blitzing has worked, but it's not used super consistently. The corners are an issue. The linebacker room is deep, but C.J. Taylor is really the only one who's going to play in the NFL. There's not a team, there's not a thing about this team that stands out to you and you can point to and say, that's their identity, that's what they do really well, and that's what's going to win them football games eventually. That's probably one of my biggest concerns. I think they want that to be doing small things well and winning on the margins, but they have done that really poorly through four games. I think through four games you figure out that that might just be who this team is, and that sucks, and they can get better with that. However, through four games, I think we have a big enough sample size to give them less of the benefit of the doubt than we have in the past in terms of having an identity and making the right play in those moments like Mortel Height had and having something to hang their hat on. I don't know that that fits this team, and uh, I think it's a huge issue right now. Joey, I I think you just hit on the the biggest thing around the program right now. If if your identity is finding guys that – that fits your system or diamonds in the rough and winning that way. We just had a podcast on Wednesday and, and didn't occur to me at the time, but it did while we're doing it. Like, all right, we, we talked about they have needs to tight end. Their, their top tight end target got swiped away by LSU at the last second NIL deal. Needed help at corner. Jadeus Richard at Miami NIL thing. Mm-hmm. Ray Davis at Kentucky really need a running back. I mean, 
for, for all the, the talk there was about Ray's not explosive and here's how they might not miss him, blah, blah, blah. They, they miss Ray Davis a lot. I mean, it, he, had a, he had a 58 it, yard it, run today for Kentucky, by the yeah, way. Yeah. And, and it occurred to me, okay, that, that's three guys they should have had that, that, and, that and plug look, in and, and help them. And, and, and if you're time, going to build a program there, you have got to have it all nailed down. And I don't know if that's on Clark, if that's on the school, who that's on, but it's on somebody. And and if you're not going to – and, again, I, I said this on Wednesday, the, the reason triple option comes up all the time when Vanderbilt has a coaching change, it's like, well, if you can't win with players, win with the scheme. They, they, they've got none of that right now. And, and mm-hmm. I don't know what the path going forward is out of that, but th- they're going to have to pick a lane quickly and, and go at it better than they are now. And they've tried to pick a lane too. They had the whole, yeah. we want to embrace the construction, be gritty thing. I don't think that's worked to be honest with you. They're getting. No, they had, they had three games that should have been layups for them and they've been bad in all of them. Right. They're getting dominated at the line of scrimmage in certain games. And that was supposed to be their identity. Continuity was supposed to be their identity. The yeah. culture was supposed to carry them through. And I'm not saying the culture and the continuity are bad things or they don't exist, but it's not their identity right now. And it doesn't show up on the field the way you would think it is by being around that program in the fall. Prog- yeah. Progress was made last year. Obviously, progress has been halted this year. And we had a good question from Sebastian. He says, how can we expect progress to continue after losing to UNLV? And, and, that I think it's a good question, right? And a lot of fans are asking that. That's one of the more pleasant <laughs> questions we've gotten uh, tonight. I, I've had to ignore some of them, a lot of them actually. Chris, I'll, I'll kind of go to you here. I mean, is there any silver lining, right? Is is there any is there any way progress is possible for the rest of this season? The only silver lining is if they figure out something tonight of all the things we've talked about, how you're going to build an identity and and, and somehow figure out taking the pieces from that. I, I think continuing to march forward one foot at a time, the way it's gone is, is clearly not the answer. I mean, I, I can, I can write off a game or two where they're not playing well. You can, you can talk yourself into, okay, Hawaii, because it's an opener. And I, I will give them this. Okay. They have played some weird systems so far. That uh, they played a system in Hawaii that they're not going to. Um, and no they're not going to see that much. Yeah, yeah, Wake Forest, nobody runs that. Tonight, it's a little bit different system. Uh, okay, but it's kind of like making excuses for a friend that, that you know, kind of like in the back of your head. Okay, I th- these have these are kind of built up here. You and, almost and run maybe. Out, yeah. Yeah, and and that's just kind of where they are. And again, I for anybody who didn't hear this, I I I could not want a coach to win more that I've ever covered more than I'd like to see it for Clark. Yeah. Uh, so so none of it's personal. I, I I really left tonight feeling horrible for him. But yeah, if 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 this feeling is to not repeat, and look, I'm I'm. There's a reason I'm not getting paid to coach. I don't know what the answers are, football wise, X's, but I I know. I know how to look at things for a thirty thousand point view, and when something's amiss, and, and there's just not a there's not a. Whatever they built their identity on, in terms of toughness and grit and all those. I mean, goodness gracious, if you you built your identity on toughness last week, they lose because they can't tackle. T- tonight, I mean, there were there were multiple reasons they lost tonight, but one one of the big things every week has been they can't block. I mean, AJ Swan gives up the the fumble, and and maybe AJ should have been a little more mindful that there was a guy bearing down on him. But come on, you got to you got to block the, the the center exchange. My goodness, mm-hmm. um, you know when when that's been a a foundational point of your identity, and you've said. Hey, look, we, you know, everybody talks about Ray Davis, but we got four blockers coming back for the block for a thousand yard rusher. You, you can't, you can't throw that out there and in the next breath say, ah, you know, whatever. Yeah. Here's the, here's the thing I have with the toughness and grit thing. The, 
the example that I turned to of that maybe not being as healthy as we thought was when AJ Swan got hit in the head and they gave the tar guy the targeting call and nobody went up to the guy and confronted him. And I'm not saying that's always the solution. I think that gets people yeah. in trouble a lot of the time. However, there's a line there and Vanderbilt didn't get close to the line. And I think, and sometimes that's an issue. There's a difference between being smart and being passive. Well, and, and that leads us into that's the next great, question. That's here. A, that is a great point. It, it, it was, that's a great point. And Seth has a really good question to come right off of that. He said, who on the team plays like they want to be there? Nobody seems like they're having fun. Um, yeah. you, know, you can agree to, you can agree or disagree with that. And again, all of this is, is tonight, right? You know, this is, this is tonight's post game show, right? Bill, I mean, that's, that's yeah, what but we're Billy, about, but so. Billy, it's not just tonight. These are things we have talked about in bits and pieces right. all year. And, and that's yes. the problem. Well, you know, I say that because Alabama A&M obviously looked like they were having fun, Hawaii at times, right? But tonight I saw that. It, it almost looked like there was a defeated, you know, look for a lot of that second half especially. I know they got back into the game, but, you know, for Seth's question there, there were parts of that game where you almost thought to yourself, is the culture slipping, right? You start to ask some of the, some of the questions there, right? Now, again, we don't know, but I think that that's another question to be answered on top of of everything else that 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 happened tonight. Here's what really surprises me. Um, I, I and and you think that you have you've seen it all as long as I've covered it that you don't you don't ever rule something out. And maybe I should have been more on guard about that coming into the year. But like I, I, I'm not I'm not doing this sitting on like this this powder keg of texts and phone calls about how something's gone wrong in the locker room or somebody's upset about this or now, now Joey, I, I think you hit on something. I think you guys both hit on stuff that was that begs some questions with with Swan getting hit in the head, nobody coming to his defense, and 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 this this does not look like a team that plays with a lot of passion. They they do want to spot here and there, but it I don't know. And Clark has gotten a lot of criticism for the the stoic approach to things. I don't think that's what he always. I, I don't think that's his approach. Twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. He's just not getting to get in front of the podium. Um, you know, and, well, and, and Sanders on everybody, but I, I just, yeah. I, I don't, there, there's something there in, in the playing with passion and swagger and intensity that's just missing. And, and I don't, I don't know what, I don't know where that started because I, I just, we, we were at fall camp, right? Practices mm -hmm. were organized. Kids were in shape. You, you felt like the program had deficiencies, you could you said corner was a thing we just said I man I was like I don't know how they're going to solve this maybe it's with improved defensive line everybody gets a little bit better that's not happened offensive line been a mess didn't really see that one coming um, quarterback erratic play you you could see that coming at, at times that's not the first time we've seen it but hey it's fall camp you clean those things up um, I I just didn't see. And here's another thing. Some of those guys out there playing for them tonight passed up paychecks to play at bigger schools. Mm -hmm. and, and I do think that speaks to chemistry and leadership. So it's not like I think they've gotten it all wrong. And, and I think that's why I'm a little surprised that this has gone this way. I thought, okay, Alabama A&M call, wake-up call, Wake Forest. Stuff just happened. Not your day. Everybody's got a worse game somewhere. T tonight was the point at which you just you run out of things to say. Mm -hmm. I think there's just – I think I talked to you about this on Thursday, Chris. Right now there's just a sense of stress and pressure clouding that program. And I think today yeah. there could have been an instance of, hey, we can't lose to these guys because we're screwed if we do. Rather than yeah. let's go beat them by 40, it's if we can't make mistakes, we can't lose to them. And I think that was yeah. a lot of what happened tonight was just mistakes stacking because the mentality isn't, hey, let's bounce back from this. It's, oh, here we go again. Please don't let us lose to them. 
And I don't, I'm not in the locker room. I don't know that for a fact. But when mistakes stack up like that over and over again, it feels like the pressure just kind of mounting on these guys. And the mindset isn't in the place that you'd love it to be. It's, you know what? What's interesting about that is think about and, – and, and so much stuff happened. It's kind of a blur at this point. But it, the, the point where it really started to go bad was when they hit the up back with the snap, right? Mm-hmm. Because special teams have been the one thing other than the – well, they, they had a miscue. Oh, the, the, the fumbled punt last week. That had been the place that had been their rock, Okay. Offense comes and goes. Defense comes and goes. But special teams have been the one place where they that their bread had kind of been buttered and they made plays that, that helped them win games. You hit your up back with a snap and, and a punt that you practice how many hundreds of times? Give them the ball in the 14. That's kind of when it started to go downhill tonight. And I wonder – I, I don't know. I can't. I can't get in the head of the, the 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 players and the coaches. But you do wonder if there's a little bit. Of, oh, this is the one thing we've done pretty well all year, and and now mm-hmm. that goes too. Right. It's interesting. Vanderbilt was not the only SEC team to lose to a Mountain West team tonight. BYU beat Arkansas at home. Thirty. The Big Twelve. Thirty. Bit well, Big Twelve now. Yes. Uh, but BYU is former independent, I guess. I, I had that wrong. But they were um, whack. I don't know. They were ever, they never whack. Were whatever. West. Never were Mountain West. They're, they're but, out west and, uh, in the mountains. I'll give you that. Somewhere at, out there, and obviously BYU is not the same level as UNLV. But obviously not the only disappointed SEC team to losing once again to a a, a Power Five team, non SEC Power Five team. Again, I'm trying to give these fans <laughs> some silver lining. I'm sure Luke will, will do a better job of that this week. Uh, there's a better question here from Brian. What's the bigger problem, coaching or poor execution? And that's the that's a million-dollar question, you know, after every game, after every season. Um, I don't even really know where to go there. Obviously, you saw poor execution. There's certain plays where you go, feels like that's coaching, right? But, again, you – it's just it's just hard because there's so much, right? There, there's so many. We haven't even talked about certain things that happened in this game, um, and execution was was the biggest. There just wasn't a lot of it. I mean, you you can't yeah. execute a, a punt, right? This I mean that that's not that's high school level stuff, right? That yeah. they're not getting right, and the lack of focus, right? I keep going back to that. It, it, it's just like they they're. They're losing a lot of that, and, and, and it's almost like, Joey, you, you said, you know, we can't lose to this team, that type of mindset. When you when you, when you you think like that, it's almost like you forget about the, a lot of the small things, right? And and they, they failed to do a lot of the small things right again tonight. Um, so that, that's, what, that's what Brian had there. Um, let's see here. The timeout was before the kick. Um, Ricky chimes in there again, a player. We don't know. I don't think we'll probably find out who that player was. I mean, maybe somebody does. Um, let's see here. Somebody said, God bless you, Chris, uh, <laughs> for hopping on. Um, let's see. Seth says, I still think we need an identity or leader at linebacker. All good Vandy teams have had one. This team doesn't find someone who wants to run around like their head is on fire. Seth mentions Longwell. Longwell, I thought, did some good things tonight. But I think that's an interesting proposition. I don't know that I've really thought of that. Um, but I just think their issues are so much deeper than finding a leader at linebacker. Um, and I don't want to say these are deep-rooted issues right now, but it almost, you know, I think that's where some some people are starting to, to point to um, and look into. Uh, let's see here. Billy, I'll, here's, here's something. Go ahead, Joey. They need an offense, too. I'm not in the locker room again. I don't know what for sure happens, but it feels like there's never, after a mistake, a fire under them to where they're going out and trying to make a huge play or whatever. Obviously, they're trying to do that, but it feels like the energy kind of gets drained from them when they make a mistake, and they need a guy to wake them up and get them out of that funk. I don't know if they have that. I wouldn't say leadership is like, the biggest issue with this team, but I feel like 
for example, to go back to Notre Dame basketball, to my roots, after Notre Dame would get scored on, 10-0 run, whatever, Cormac Ryan would get in the huddle and shoot everybody out. Vanderbilt doesn't have that on offense, and I think that's a that's a factor in them not being able to bounce back from mistakes and them having to dwell on those mistakes and making more. I don't even know if they need somebody to chew everybody out, uh, but but I'll tell you what, it's awfully hard to to beat any decent teams when you're so deficient on the line of scrimmage, right? And mm-hmm. I, I think none of us saw the offensive line falling apart in the way that it has where you got a 30-year experience center who's been fairly solid and he can't he can't even make a simple snap at times. I don't I don't understand. I don't I don't know if you got kids playing hurt and trying to play through things maybe. I don't want to speculate. I don't know that, but when you see play slip so dramatically, that's one of the first things I wonder. And I think we all thought, well, if the defensive line can just get a little bit better. Nobody thought that was Sane thought this was going to be a, an upper half of the SEC defensive line and, and probably not even upper two-thirds. But if you can just be 11th instead of 14th or, you know, 11th but not far off from eight or nine, things get better because all of a sudden you can you can bite into your pass, your pass coverage deficiencies with a little pass rush. It just hasn't happened for them on either line of scrimmage. And when when you've got that, unless you've got some kind of scheme to cover that for that, which they obviously don't, um, it's it's hard to win. Yeah, somebody somebody said in here that they don't have Mike Wright to bail them out anymore. And I didn't think about that up until – tonight and it's interesting AJ started to run a lot more tonight I don't know if he felt like he needed to right he saw more openings Um, I don't think they would prefer to see AJ run but I thought he did some good things on the ground there were a lot of times last year Chris where Mike Wright the play would break down he would find a way to pick up a first down and move the chains Um, that that's not really in AJ's skill set and I think that has taken more time for this offense to adjust to not having a quarterback that can bail them out. Um, I don't well, know if, you, if you're Mike, with me Mike there. Mike was also a leader. Mike was also a leader. And that, um, I was I was going to go there as well. You talk about a, a lack of a leader. And, and again, this is nothing personal against A.J. Swan. He's a sophomore. I don't think that, I don't think anybody expected A.J. To, to come and be this huge vocal leader as a sophomore. Um, but, you know, you, you sort of need a little bit of that. Every team needs a little bit of that, right? I mean, every team needs yeah. a lot of that from your quarterback, right? And Mike Wright, you're right, Chris. You know, for as much slack as he caught last year, he was a leader. He was a he was a catalyst. He he picked this team up when they were down, and uh, I just think this team has struggled to to play without him, and it, it became pretty evident tonight. Um, and again, I didn't say that. I haven't really said that yet. It just came. There were certain times where it became evident. And Joey, you talked about, you know, in the huddle, you needed somebody to chew him out. I'm not saying Mike Wright necessarily did that. I'm, I'm sure he did occasionally, but just, you know, on the his play on the field, right? Being able to to pick up that 10, 12 yard first down when the play breaks down, you just haven't really seen that. Um, Sebastian says, what is our offensive scheme and identity year three under the same OC? And it's hard to see any difference from year one to year three. Um, I mean, I, I think that's, that's a good observation. Uh, you, there is none right now. There doesn't seem to be much of an identity right now. Um, I, I will, I'll push back about a little bit. I mean, th- th- their identity when it's going well, you look at the the big throws, they hit the shepherd to Skinner, well, they didn't really hit any big ones to Shepard, but to Humphreys, I think they have some identity there. They just can't get to it consistently enough. They they get called in second and 10 because they can't run the ball, um, you know, and, and God help them if they get a penalty somewhere in there. And then they get in a spot where you just can't count on the line to protect with any consistency. And I'm not saying – you know, that A.J. Swan hasn't made some bad decisions because we've seen that. But I, I, I do think a lot of it starts with the line because, yeah, when when it – you do see at times what works. I don't think they had that explosive ability two years ago. I know they didn't. 
but it, it, it's not doing him any good right now because it's falling apart everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, Knox too tall chimes in here. And again, we'll probably wrap up here uh, within the next five, 10 minutes or so. Uh, he says, does it look like the young guys could help along the offensive line? The linemen they picked up seem seemed bigger than, than we're used to. Those guys, I mean, he's re- I'm sure he's referring to are Leighton Nelson and Grayson Morgan, who actually ended up playing the most, most of the game at the two tackle spots, which I thought was interesting. Um, I think down the road, Chris, they can definitely make an impact. It's just hard to ask those guys to make much of an impact this season. Um, yeah. I mean, those are a couple of sophomores and, and, you know, I, I don't, I don't think the interior of the offensive line has been as good as we expected them to be. Now, again, fall camp, it's hard to take too much out of that. You're playing against your own team. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the young guys can make an impact. It's just hard to say they, they make much of an impact this season. Um, Vinny, good game coming from a UNLV student. Y'all made it an extremely entertaining game. I told Joey, Chris, that 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 did turn out to be a pretty entertaining game for for yeah. the, for the general college football observer. Uh, that <laughs> it, it was yeah. crazy. And Chris, of course, you've been covering Vandy for over twenty years. You know, I've been in Nashville my entire life. There haven't been too many games like that. Uh, from from the Vanderbilt perspective. I mean, there's been, you know, I, I look back at the UConn game where you really don't know what is going to happen, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and it's all, it almost felt like that a little bit. You know, I don't want to say a total reversion back to year one, but there was there were a lot of similarities um, to that, that UConn game where there was, it was just Vanderbilt was trying to survive. They were just trying not to lose. Um and yeah, Chris, I don't know. Do you have a comparison to tonight um, in Vegas? I mean, well, the, the the first one that comes to mind, and it's not really at all similar, but because of of what was at stake, but it felt a little bit like the Texas Bowl, where like you almost couldn't keep up with it. You're trying to, yeah, right. This happened and that happened, and like you can't, your fingers can't type fast enough. But I mean, look, that was a that was a bowl game. Um, you know, and anytime you get to a bowl game, you're Vanderbilt, you got some hope. This was a game that, that you go in thinking, okay, season's not looking great. And I don't think I feel great about them uh, after tonight unless they just come out and win convincingly. Not only did I win, they, they lost convincingly. I, I'm trying to think of You know, I, I, I remember when Jake when when Jake Cutler was there. This would be before your time. They they lost the game to Rutgers in a, in a mm. weird manner. And I remember you walking out just thinking they're never going to win. Um, you know, and and then I guess what four years later they're in a bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that, but but it's not that one happened at a time they'd been bad for a while and they they didn't tease you with Kentucky and Florida the year before I, I think that is what has made this part so confusing is it just I I don't think again you had the deficiencies but you made progress last year I, I think they had the, the culture in the locker room in the right place and and that's what makes some of this just really puzzling how about Grambling State? <laughs> Joey going basketball. I love it. Always. That was uh, my all time best podcast title. Yeah. That was really I want to give, <laughs> I want to give y'all, I guess we'll all kind of give sort of a final statement. Vinny chimes in though and says, y'all most likely win tonight with Mike, Mike Wright. I mean, I don't know if we, we can, we can make a statement. And I don't know if that's where it is. It's an interesting observation. The, the, um, the quarterback that's backing up at Mississippi State now wins you the game. I mean, that's yeah. maybe, but that's splitting um, hairs. Um, right. Final final thing I'll say, and, and again, I'll give you guys a chance to. We're going on about an hour here, and again, I think thank everybody for for checking in, uh, whether it's it's positive or negative. I think it's important that, that we give <laughs> we give Vandy fans an opportunity to uh, to to join in. I'll say obviously they're they're two and two right now. Things are not looking good. Um, and Joe, you said they're at a crossroads heading into this matchup. You know, I think they're past that crossroads. They have taken that that dark turn, right? They yeah. have 
you know, there was a couple of turns they could have made. You could have taken that that right turn. I say the right turn as the as the positive turn. You could have taken the left turn, the dark turn down the dark alley where you don't know what else is going to happen. Uh, they took the dark turn, and it's kind of up for it's up to this team, right? You know, I, and I said at the top, Chris, this this may create this may cause some changes, and again, I don't know what those are. Uh, but this is a t- it feels like the type of game that whether it's institutional changes, whether it's changes within a practice plan, whatever it is, um, it just feels like th- this this has some impact, uh, you know, within this this entire program. Um, it just it just does. And you, you we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be a big week this week in terms of what happens, what is said, right, how they perform against Kentucky, against their former running back, like it, that Kentucky game comes at an interesting time all of a sudden. So welcome to SEC play now, right, after after probably the most disappointing loss in the Clark Lee era. So, again, there there will probably be some things that become clear tomorrow, uh, but as we stand right now, Vanderbilt trying to uh, get off the mat, and we'll see if they can, so – that's what I got, Chris Joey. I don't know if y'all wanna y'all wanna leave uh, leave the fans with anything here. Chris, you got it. Yeah, I, I keep thinking back to the backdrop of, of the beginning of the season, starting with spring practice, and and everything. The first two years was progress, progress, be our best selves. This year, it's bowl game. We think this is the year of the bowl game. I mean, right even up to right before the season started they were still very optimistic thought they had something that 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 becomes very difficult to just kind of put back in the bottle and pretend that it never happened and I think that's why I'm having a hard time finding a lot to hang my hat on going forward because coaches I think usually have a pretty good feel of what kind of team they've got. They thought they had a good team. I trust their judgment on that more than I trust mine. And that's what makes this so, I'm sure, difficult for the fan base because for once you had, you had that hope, but it seemed legitimate based on the way last season ended. And, and, And now we're all just sitting here going, okay, now what? For sure. And uh, I think there was a lot of optimism about the talent they had. And the frustrating thing for them is that's talent, that talent hasn't disappeared. It's not gone no. with injuries. It's just not performing. And I don't know what the solution is, but this team probably on the mat, like Billy said, and it has an uphill climb to get to that bowl game mark. I think they put themselves in a spot where they thought they were a year ahead of schedule and anything but a bowl game now is considered a failure. And I think that's a tough spot to come out of, like you said. I think, like you said earlier as well, Clark Lee's been really good to us, probably better than any coach has ever been to us. So you hate to talk like this, but it's also our jobs. And that's kind of how I feel. So I tried not to pull punches tonight. I don't think there was much positive to draw from this one, other than London Humphreys. He's going to be a heck of a player. Izzy Bull Shepard, maybe not. He's still got to develop his route tree a little bit, become more than just a deep threat. But Lennon Humphrey's going to be a good player, and that's the positive I leave you with, as well as the basketball opener on November 7th and fall baseball, because that's really that's really where I'm trying to find the positives right now. Unless Vanderbilt comes out and beats Kentucky, which could happen. Sports are a wild thing, and that's kind of how sports work is when you – See a team with their back against the wall who you feel like has not much going for it. It goes out and does a thing like that. So I'm not completely ruling that out. That wins another game or two this season, but feels like tonight is the start of it kind of falling short of that standard that it set in preseason. And uh, I I know there's probably not a single Vanderbilt fan that wants to hear this right now. And Chris, Joey, you know, we've we've dealt with Clark Lee. Uh, He's from Nashville. He played at Vanderbilt. He's he he was born a Vanderbilt fan. He's as big of a Vanderbilt man, person, guy for the job. He's as as mad, upset, stressed about this as as every fan is, even more times two. 
So I think that's somewhat of a silver lining that, you know, you saw last year this team get up off the mat. Um, it's a big week, big week for this program uh, to, to see how they react, right? Can, can you keep it intact? Uh, and, and that's the challenge. Uh, Chris, thank you for checking in uh, in a late night. This is one of those nights, feels like around the SEC, where you had a lot happen, right? A lot of react to. I know Tennessee fans are upset. That might be a silver lining <laughs> for Vandy fans. Uh, Tennessee losing in the swamp and uh, Arkansas going down. The SEC, college football as a whole, feels down. I mean, you, you know, you just never know what's going to happen. I saw a tweet today from Stephen Godfrey. I think you know who you know, Stephen, Chris. He yeah. He said, he said, no one's good, and as a joke, but you know, I, I think there's a little bit of truth to that. College football as a, as a sport, I think, due to the portal, is down a little bit. So yeah, it's and, it's and hard I think to find that's, I think that's but... I think that's what's disappointing. Um, if if you love Vanderbilt football tonight, is that everybody's coming back to the pack. Um, Alabama doesn't have a quarterback. Um, you know, you've got Georgia looked mortal for most of today. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think the SEC is as wide. I mean, we did our SEC live stream right before I came on here. And I, I said, you, for all I know, you may see something crazy like three, two lost teams make the playoff this year just because there's so much balance. And, and then they're building their chemist, their culture on this whole thing about keeping it together at a time where you got jealousy in locker rooms over NIL and, and they're keeping some of their bet, not, not all of them, but they, they did keep some kids that had better offers other places. And, and you feel like keep guys around, keep cycling through the program. Maybe that's something that could work. And it feels like at a time where the pack is, is sort of come back to that's them. Yeah. They took ten steps backwards and are further behind point. than ever, and and that's I think that's the hard part as you leave Saturday. But may, maybe yeah, that's there's... maybe that's in the moment, and, and maybe there's a silver lining. Maybe they figure some stuff out. I remember, you know, last time they lost UNLV, they beat a ranked team the next week, but but it was different then. That was a team that was reeling and had nothing to play for. That was not a season with expectations, and this one was. Yeah, it feels like this is a season that anything can happen. Uh, as hard as it is to find a silver lining, that might be it. Where college football is a sport where you really just never know. And you know that well, of course, with college basketball, Joey. I mean, covering as many games as you have. It's similar in that sport as well. Um, so we'll, we'll leave you guys. I went over over an hour. And, again, thank you to everybody that, that came in. Thank you to our sponsors, the Wash House, Mater Nexon, Sutherland and Belk. And Murfreesboro Pure Milk, Chris. I don't know if it's too late for some ice cream, but uh, or you may have already had your bowl tonight. But <laughs> um, well, well, we, we emptied the fridge last night, or else I would have been there already. It, we we can't keep it around the house, unfortunately. <laughs> well, for Joey Dwyer, Chris Lee, we will uh, let you guys get to bed. We're going to get some sleep as well, and and uh, see what happens the rest of the season. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in to the Vandy Sports postgame show. Vanderbilt falls to UNLV in Vegas 40-37. to 37.